Hey, this is Judy Carter, and I'm with the fabulous Jason Medberry, and you're listening to the Power of Purpose podcast. This is where we explore how to live a purposeful life and how creative people like yourself can actually make a living doing what you love. Hi, Jason. How's it going, Judy? Oh, it's great. Thank you so much for your reviews on uh, G Play and also on Apple um, podcast. Just I, I, I have to say, Jason, when I get down, which is kind of often, um, I just read my reviews. Is that pathetic? That is not pathetic. I think you and probably a lot of other podcasters, entertainers and and speakers like to go back into their reviews and 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 boost themselves up from the positive responses. Okay. I'll tell you what is pathetic. OK, that I used to read my reviews from um, eBay, like really A plus 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 shipper. Okay, I deserve to live another day. Yeah. <laughs> oh, come on, that's pathetic, yeah. right? Well, that one, yeah, that one's that one's you scraping the bottom of the barrel on that one a little bit, right? <laughs> so, but I do appreciate. I mean, especially during COVID, and now I don't know if we're going, you know, back into um, another you know, shut down with this friggin' Delta mm. virus. Oh, I got a joke about it, Jason. Okay. It was what I do. I just did a corporate gig, and what did I say? Oh, I said, um, yeah, they call it the Delta variant because if you check into the hospital with it, they charge you extra for your carry-on. So I think that's... What All right. <laughs> that's what they... <laughs> See, this is Zoom. Yep. It's it's really hard on a comic's self-esteem. You're doing jokes mm-hmm. with no audience, yep. just on audio. Nobody. I, if you saw my face on that, you would laugh so much harder. There you go. It, would, it was like it would have landed so extra much extra for carry on. But smirk, <laughs> smirk, right? The smirk. All right. Yeah. Well, speaking <laughs> right. of, you just got back from basically your first live event in about a year now. We're both actually now going back out into the world. I just got done doing video production for a bunch of live events. And I kind of wanted to talk about, you know, what it's like to be back out there in front of folks. I mean, many people have seen some of the clips uh, from your last uh, shoot, if they uh, if they are on your uh, social yeah, media and on, things like that. Yeah, on Instagram. Yeah. yeah. And Facebook, Judy Carter Comedy, mm-hmm. if anybody's interested, that's where I post. And I think it's really great things. for people to see that as well. Like, there was a big crowd, lots of people out, really great audience. So I kind of want to kind of interview you a little bit about the experience and how it went. And, uh, and talk about, you know, if there's been any big changes, anything new, or was it, was it just great to get back into the saddle? So to start off, I just want to ask you, like, what was sort of the initial before the event started, before the things were going on? What was kind of going on in your head? Because, I mean, how long has it been since your last uh, live oh, keynote? Oh, boy. I, I, a year and over a year and a half. Okay. I mean, every keynote I had in 2020 was canceled. Mm. And um, all of them. Uh, one of them converted to, well, a couple of them converted to Zoom, mm. right? And once I figured out how to do that, that one was okay. Mm-hmm. Um, 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 yeah, I, I did about, I guess I did about five Zooms. And on that, when you're doing comedy, one of them was a complete failure because 
the client said, I said, I need people online. Mm -hmm. I need people with audio mics open. I need to hear laughter. I need to talk to them. I need to have interaction. They go, absolutely not. We know how to do this. Oh, We've done this for you, you know. And so I'm doing jokes to just death. Mm -hmm. And it was just, it just didn't work, mm -hmm. you know. So I say, if you're a comic, who cares if, you know, someone's phone rings? Yeah. Um, because, I mean, it's the same thing at a comedy club. You know, waitresses are going to crash dishes in front of you. Mm -hmm. um, there's going to be all sorts of disturbances. People in the front row all of a sudden get up and walk out at the same time. Yep. Um, this is the kind of, you know, stuff that we comics have to deal with. So on Zoom, if somebody's, if you're doing a comedy show and they say, no, we don't, we don't want to interrupt you. Mm -hmm. um, Somebody might cough. <laughs> well, you know, screw it. Really, yeah. have people's mics open for God's sake. <laughs> so, when you got out to uh, to Vegas and all, so before you went out on stage, what was was there any additional concerns, any fears? Did you feel any different about the live thing, or were you just jazzed to be back up there? Oh God, jazzed is not the word. Okay. Terror, <laughs> fear um, <laughs> is the word. Now. I think this will make the people listening um, who are going to be, you know, starting to perform and are a little nervous. It might make you feel better. I've been doing this my whole life, mm. e-performing. And my fear level um, prior to the event was off the Richter scale. Mm. It was it was crazy, fearful because I have a problem and that problem is and we should do a podcast on how to combat this because you have so many ideas how to do mm -hmm. how to, you know, you know, realign your brain. Mm -hmm. um, but my fear, my it comes from the fact that I have no memory of doing um, doing it well. Yeah. I don't have a memory of it, but I do have very strong memory of doing a gig and people so disgusted with something I said in South Carolina that they just walk out. And, yeah. and, and I can see in my mind them throwing their napkins on the, <laughs> on, on the plate and just going and, and making complaints and me on stage worried if, if they're going to actually pay me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and, and so, so that, that is a problem when you hold on to the bad stuff. Yeah. And, you don't have a sense memory of the good stuff. An another bad thing is when I practice my act, I'm and and I'm writing it. Mm -hmm. um, I just hear hecklers in my head, and I hear mm -hmm. like, "Oh, I don't know if that's really good. I'm not sure if that's good," because I I somehow wrote an entire new thing for these people, mm -hmm. and um, I just I just had. An insecurity, and I think what happens, and I think this happens to a lot of creative people, is that when you're rehearsing, your talent isn't there. Mm. So, so in other words, um, when um, I get in front of people, my talent shows up. Oh, okay. And there's something about me in front of people that it's on fire, mm. and I have talent, and my talent knows what to do, and my body knows what to do, 
and I know the timing, and I know how to connect, and I know how to skip a piece and jump to something because my talent is also reading the audience. But when I'm home, I'm not feeling that talent, and so I'm just kind of treading water there. So if any of you are, are, are really nervous about performing, just know that those of us who've been doing it for years are also get extremely nervous. Mm -hmm. Now, was there a, a moment where that nervousness vanished and you were like, all right, Judy's back. Judy's back on stage. We're rocking and rolling. Or did that yeah. like delete from your brain as well? <laughs> no, 100%. Um, um, when I see the room, I'm fine. Okay. I go, oh, yeah. This is like a multi-purpose room at the Caesars Palace Hotel. Mm -hmm. I, and oddly enough, when it's a large crowd, mm. And this was a thousand people, so huge crowd. It calms me. Really? So the stage fright issues aren't really what's happening. What's happening is just the you just got to get up. You just got to see the people, and then all the all the anxiety kind of dissipates. Oh, it's, it's like, like oh, I know how to do this. Mm -hmm. um, when it's a small crowd, um, you can't lose yourself in it because. You just see individual people. It's like performing for your parents in the living room. Okay. It's nerve-wracking, right? Mm -hmm. It's like you can see the nuance of the, uh, someone looking at their watch or whatever. But when it's a 1,000 people, there's something freeing about that, that you just throw yourself on stage. And, and, and it's such a peak experience. And as soon as you get you know, the first laugh and it goes through you, it's just... Uh, it just... It, it turns me into someone so alive. And mm -hmm. then I go, all right, that's why I like doing this. Because before I got on stage, I was going like, uh, for the first gig, I was going like, hmm, this is so nerve wracking. Yeah. Do I really want to do that? And then afterwards I go, oh, right, this is what I do. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, that's what I was, from, well, from I noticed from the clips that, you, that you've shared, is like at the, you seem to almost have more energy at the end of the of the the keynote than at the beginning because like the crowd was on fire you were like cheering and like throwing your arms up in the air it was like a real because it won it was obviously a really great presentation and it went over really well and that's in evidence from the from the clips but uh but also it seemed like you were just like like if they would have asked you you know you know, come back tomorrow and do another one. You probably would have been like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, you're my best friends. We love each other. We love each other. Woo! Yeah, <clears throat> that's how it should be. Mm. Um, and, you know, um, I think in, in the corporate market, when you're an outside speaker. Now, outside speaker means you're not in the company. Mm -hmm. You're not someone who is going to bring out charts and graphs and give them the financials of the company. Mm -hmm. That's the inside speakers. And they have thousands of them. Yep. And, and well, even if you are a techie, um, if you can add some humor, boy, you can have a huge career because these people are so boring. Mm -hmm. So what they really want there, first of all, it, it was an opening keynote. They want to kick off the conference with, laughter and humor and enthusiasm and you know and and so that's pretty much the job of of any of us what i call motivational humorists mm -hmm. who do this um we do jokes but we have a message and basically my message is you know here's a way to approach stress laugh at it mm -hmm. and it's a simple message 
you know, let me show you how I look at life the way a stand-up comic does. And maybe if you look at life the way a stand-up comic does, maybe you'd be happier. Yeah. Um, not so much for me, but, (laughs) (laughs) but, but I, I do, you know, I do like showing people how to look at life and find the funny because, you know, as you know, or any pro comic knows, you know, we're all just turning our problems into punchlines to make life bearable for us. So anyway, that's, that's. That's what I do. So what would be, so you, you were the opening keynote or what would, what would change about your keynote if you were the closing keynote for an event or for a conference or something like that? What's kind of the difference between those two, the opener versus the closer? Well, I love opening. Okay. Okay. Because they're all excited. Now, even though it's, my sound check was at 7 a.m. And that was one of my first jokes. Boy, this is different, right? It's going to be, this is a different kind of keynote, and it's different for me. Usually I'm talking to people who are drunk, yeah. not people who are hungover like, like you guys. <laughs> and, you know, I got a big laugh. But, but um, I love that because they're excited. And at the end of the conference, they're all sitting there with their carry-on luggage. Uh, They've checked out of their hotel rooms. Mm. They're looking at their watches. You know, am I going to miss my flight? Um, they're usually right before the closing, there's a um, huge party the night before. So they all are truly hungover. <laughs> and, and, and I would say the capacity is at 65% because a lot of people have left, mm-hmm. you know, and they've already, uh, uh, when, w- when you're doing these things for healthcare, for instance, a lot of people are there to get uh, called CE credits, mm-hmm. CU credits, continuing education credits. Okay. So they've already taken them. So I, whenever I can, oh, man, I want to, even though, like, it sounds like good, I'm the closer, I'm the headliner. No, you're not. You're, you're talking to an exhausted audience who just wants to go home. So oh, wow. whenever you can, try and be the opener. Now, do you have to alter your content any if you're if you're the difference between the opener and the closer, or is it just like just an energy level thing change? You well, have to make? what I love doing because I'm able to create comedy on the spot is um, ask them what went wrong in the conference. Like, oh, okay. What's something that everybody saw? And there was I can't remember who it was for, but it was something where. Somebody said, oh, the, your fonts and your PowerPoint are too small. And the guy got on stage, got really rude and insulted somebody. <laughs> so, of course, when I said, I hope the fonts are big enough, the whole audience broke apart. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so I love when I'm a closer is I'll usually come. And, and this is also called um, um, some speakers do this professionally. They're called a summarist. Oh. And um, what they do is they get their a uh, Dale Irwin Irvin I think a Dale Irvin um, does this professionally, um, <clears throat> where he at the end of uh, of it he summarizes so he attends the whole thing mm-hmm. takes notes and says you know your CFO said we need to put in a little more time with our paperwork and. And then he goes, and then he has a reaction to yeah. that, and it's usually very, very funny. So it's actual. It's an actual um, 
you know, job title oh. for, for speakers to be a summarist. So I try and do that if, I, if I'm the closer. But if I'm the opener, um, I just go off of what just happened in front of me, which is usually maybe a, a couple of words. Mm-hmm. The uh, president does some kind of a short keynote. Maybe I'll say something about that. Mm. Of course, you never say, boy, did that suck. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I, and you know, I, I, that's another thing. I, I, I got to tell you, here's some tips, people. Yeah. Um, I, had a, I, I always talk to the committee um, and tell me about your company. Tell me what's going on. What's the elephant in the room? You know, and then um, I always talk to a couple other people just because usually everything the committee says is kind of BS for mm. you, but... <laughs> At that time, I didn't know that. Mm. So they told me, oh, my God, do you know what's so great? Our CEO is so short, and he has hair like Elvis, and he thinks he's Elvis. Make fun of that, because he loves when people make fun of him. Well, I did the jokes, and it was dead silence. Oh, jeez. Nobody laughed, and and it was bad mm. it was really really bad they even the people who told me to do it they didn't even laugh mm. they were i don't know what the hell they were doing or trying to get even with him and using me to do that but um here's what i learned never never ever poke fun at the guy who signs or girl who signs your checks mm. ever <laughs> right wow never only say good things about them <laughs> Well, then, so how I'd like to wrap it up is just like you said, you just had a tip there. But are there any other tips for people who are getting back out there live again, especially for keynoters or comedians or whatever? Any final things about, you know, coming back after COVID or uh, or just, you know, or just what it's like to be back? Well, actually, you know, I'm on Clubhouse and I'm doing like how to get corporate gigs mm-hmm. and we can all learn about it there. And matter of fact, just from being and it's totally free, just from being on that program uh people learn how to do that and Mm -hmm. on my instagram i also have a free webinar on how to pitch yourself yeah uh, so you can get these because i think before you write your speech write your pitch yeah it's only one minute long your speech is going to be 45 minutes to 60 minutes and just write your one minute pitch because then you get booked from your pitch and then your problem is, oh, shit, now I've got to write a speech. <laughs> so so it's it's easier to do like a really hot, sizzling one-minute pitch. So, you know, I, I, really suggest, I really suggest that people get that together first. Um, so uh, what, what – no, wait, I was headed someplace. What did you ask me? I just said um, if there about- were any final tips, anything that you would like to share with, with – folks from the uh, uh our listeners just about getting back out there oh, live yeah 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 okay here's just one tip for everybody um one big big tip um and this is especially after the pandemic there's something that we all want more than anything else right now and that's connection with another human mm. like a live connection the kind of connection that you can't get over zoom mm. so Whatever, you know, we're all preparing now to get up live or do open mics or whether you're a comic or any kind of performer. And I know we focus on our material. We get it all written. But that's that's just a part of it. Mm. What we really have to focus on is connection. Connection, connection, connection to the audience. And that means 
asking rhetorical questions. How many of you feel? How many? And then reacting to their response. Mm. And or reacting to their lack of response. Like I prepared something about that at the beginning. I said, how many of you stress? Just come on, make some noise, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, they didn't make a lot of noise. I said, oh, look at you. You're too exhausted to even make noise. That's how stressed <laughs> you are. And, and so they all laughed. So, so you can have, you know, planned, built-in things that if they react, you, you can react one way. If they don't react, you can also react mm. or just be spontaneous, which is always good. I, I have to say my um, funniest bit in, in is always what I do, spont uh, you know, just in the moment, mm. spontaneous. I can't even believe sometimes what comes out of my mouth. No. <laughs> um, uh, of course, with corporate, you have to censor it. You can't, mm. you know, start talking about your vagina in the middle of a corporate gig, <laughs> right? Um, <clears throat> but, I guess it depends but, on the corporation, but yes. Yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. Johnson & Johnson, yeah. I don't know. Some of their products, may you might... Uh, but anyway, I, I just I just don't think you can do that. So so what do we need to do to connect is like as soon as someone introduces me, I know the name of that person who introduces me. Oh, my gosh. Thank you, Holly. Let's have a hand for Holly. What a great intro. And then I do a little joke. You know, yeah, that was such a that was the best intro I've ever written. Wow. Uh, and it gets a laugh. But but more important than that, mm. I've. I know how I say her name, mm. right? So that, and maybe I go and shake her hand and that connects me to her. Mm -hmm. And then I go to the, and then I'll ask a question. Then I'll ask them to make some noise about something. And that's how we start our, our act by, by and, and because you could have the best jokes ever. And sometimes that's called, wow, you know, he or she was a really great writer. Mm -hmm. But to be a great performer, you really have to connect. Great. And the final thing I wanted to mention before we wrap up here is there was just a new article written about you in, what was it, Shout Out LA. Um, you know, can you tell us a little bit about uh, what just came out? Yeah, it was, it's a, Shout Out LA um, is a magazine. And this or, um, magazine um, this week or once a month, I don't know when, how often it comes out, um, was about taking chances. And they uh, interviewed me on that. And I think one of the biggest chances that I took was quitting um, uh, being a stand-up comic at my, the height of being a headliner mm -hmm. and how that led eventually to me being interviewed by Oprah Winfrey and escalating my career to a totally different place that I, than I ever expected. Mm -hmm. And so... It, it it's really about and and I know this is in my books you know the new comedy bible about um, when do you quit, and I always ask people I in my books I have a commitment contract and people email it to me and I always love hearing from my readers, I always love you know seeing um, how they answer the question well when are you going to quit mm. like what when are you in it for? And, and a lot of people like, till I die, till I die, till I die. But it's a real realistic question because um, traveling as a stand-up comic um, um, after my mom died um, started making me unhappy because sometimes I was on, at that particular time in my life, I was booked 
46 weeks out of the year mm. and I was never home and I couldn't sustain any kind of romantic relationship mm. and I was feeling you know you know when you get up in the morning and and you go the whole day without talking to people and the first people you talk to is an audience mm. You know, it's a very lonely life. Mm. And um, when I was, you know, in my early 30s. And so quitting was really tough. And I think that's especially, <laughs> you'll read the article, you'll see what happens. Kind of funny what happened. But um, sometimes those kind of choices are even, you know, if you don't know where you're going, sometimes trying something different is. Oh, wow. And when else to do that but in your 30s, right, Jason? <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, to reinvent yourself. Mm -hmm. I mean, if that ever is not the time, because, you know, you're still writing all your... Um, a lot of the things we do in our early 30s are because of our reaction to our parents mm -hmm. and um, our 20s, where, you know, most of the time we're totally fucked up anyways. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, what a great time to reinvent ourselves. Absolutely. Well, I'm just super excited that you're doing live keynotes again. We're doing live stuff again. And hopefully, you know, fingers crossed, we can get through the rest of this year and things will get better and better. But, you know, we'll hopefully see. But, you know... Final thoughts on uh, on any of the live stuff or anything to the audience about uh, about what's coming next. Well, uh, we never know what's coming next. Mm -hmm. um, everything is so changing so so rapidly. But there's one thing that uh, my final tip is: no matter if you're a speaker, no matter what you speak about, be funny, because uh, everybody no everybody is craving laughter. And when that laughter broke out of that audience, oh boy, I, I could still feel that. And um, that's what people need now. So give it to them. For your special gift, go to themessageofyou.com. That's themessageofyou.com and get your free one-year subscription to the Message of You University, which is full of lessons to help you find your message and turn it into a book, a TED Talk, or a paid speaking career. That's the message of you.com.